Ran, it's a battle for who gets to co-host. Oh, I just got made co-host. Ran. Damn, I, I lost it again, man. I lost it again. I, I clicked. I guess I clicked faster. Uh, I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again next week. I'll try again next week. Uh, has it ever been you and I co-hosting without Mario's uh, CryptoPunk face? I guess he's a real face now up on stage. I feel like we should put him to speaker. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know, but I think it should be. I think it should be. <laughs> Just feels right on this Friday. Yeah. Feels like we're going to talk is about Mario, is, Mario, is Mario even here? Or is it, are we talking to an avatar today? We might literally be talking to an avatar. Never know. No, look, you've got a thumbs up. He's probably biohacking uh, or he's got, yeah. or, or at the gym. He's got some sort of but, like but, tubes in his nose and mouth right now. Yeah, but I mean, the, the consensus from the audience is that the shows are much better when he's not on. So, I mean, so this, is, this is actually a good scenario. Yeah, I think this is perfect. I think, uh, I think we're going to nail it. Pretty, uh, pretty there was a guy. Time. There was a guy. There was a guy who ran a poll actually the one day, and he said, "Like, do you prefer the shows with Mario or without Mario?" I think the, the consensus was overwhelming. They prefer just seeing his avatar, not actually listening to him speak. I voted seven hundred times. To be honest, but whatever. It's like an American election, right? No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe American elections are fixed. Joke, guys. It's a joke. But. Uh, Pretty fun time to be doing. No, it's again. not. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Did you not hear what Vivek said? The message that Vivek sent the Democrats, where he said, "Just stop pretending that Joe Biden is the president, and just tell us who the who the nominee is for who, who's your your candidate for the next elections, and, uh, and and stop playing the game." Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I can't subject myself to the debates. I saw the clips, obviously, on on X because uh, I couldn't avoid them. But uh, you just just tell I me next year. I wasn't a big Vivek fan. Well, not I wasn't. I wasn't an anti Vivek guy, but I, I certainly wasn't like I didn't know too much about him. And let me tell you, he's the one guy in the race that always says the quiet part out loud. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I saw that he obviously was being extremely critical of the Republican National Committee and sort of dunking uh, anytime someone makes fun of Ron DeSantis' Ron DeSantis's height, I'm here for it. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that joke. But but otherwise, man, I think I, I just can't get past my own mental block that they're kind of all the same, both sides. And uh, the whole reason that uh, I like Bitcoin is because I can attempt to start to opt out of all of it. <laughs> but it's finally a good time to be doing uh, shows again, right? Rand, I mean, you've got to be having, you, you kind of uh, kicked around the insane metrics that you're seeing on YouTube, which I think anecdotally tell you exactly where the market is. And I mean, I saw your, your audience is growing massively again. People are tuning in. Prices are going up. Everything's great. Is, I mean, should we be enjoying the ride here? I'll tell you that uh, this month, Banta had its biggest month ever. So just to give you perspective. Like this is bigger than any month we ever had um, previously. That's insane. Is that a function of uh, both traffic like, on individual shows, or is, or is as, it, as like, a channel as a whole? Because there's more shows. It's, yeah. it's as a channel. We just had our biggest month, so yes, there are more shows, but there are also people watching the shows. So it's like you know, um, I think it's, it's it's great. Subscribers are coming back. Trading volume is coming back to exchanges. I actually looked at the metrics earlier today. Trading volume is really, really, really coming back to exchanges. Exchanges are going to start making money hand over fist again. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's uh, it's it's full bull. I mean I I, I don't know how, I don't how, I don't know how else to say it other than it's it's full bull. We're gaining about a thousand subscribers a day on the YouTube channel, just under a thousand subs a day on the YouTube channel, which is, I mean that's those numbers are unbelievable, unbelievable numbers. So yeah, that's like I mean, that's like a month for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really, really full bull in, in, in the market. The, the appetite's back. Um, it's almost like the casino was, was closed for a while and they opened the casino and everyone's just come back to play. Well, have you ever seen what's happened in Vegas once they reopened after COVID? <laughs> it's the most crowded <laughs> Vegas has ever been in history. That's exactly what's going on in the markets right now. At least that's the vibe that I'm getting. It's, it's the casino's open and everyone just wants to play. Pretty wild. Patrick, are you kind of seeing the same thing? Obviously, you're pretty deep in, uh, into this every single day watching the markets. I mean, do you think that this is full bull euphoria? 
I actually thought that, interestingly, I thought yesterday we reached sort of peak fever pitch, just anecdotally looking at uh, Twitter and, and reading it. And then, of course, it hit that 38,000 and dropped right to 30, what was it, 36.5, 35.7, whatever it was. Uh, you can really feel it when the sentiment, I think, completely peaks, that there's going to be a flush. And, Rand, you were literally on here right before talking about how open interest was the highest it had been in alts in years. It had to immediately get flushed. Two hours later, there were like 30% down moves so, and bounces on alts. I have a metric. Sorry, the, I have a metric, and the metric hasn't let me down yet. And I posted this metric. When Pepe starts running after all the, after all the major alts, and you get a day where you had Solana going up and Solana and Ethereum and all of those stuff going up, and you get a pump in Pepe and Bonk, 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 whatever you call it, that for me is a sign that the market is going to start coming down. I posted it. Seven hours after I posted it, the market got flushed. But what I think is crazy is that I think a lot of people, and I've been talking about this, I've been saying really since we started to see altcoins run, but I feel like this is a buy the dip market, right? It's a, I, don't, I don't see how you would short this, especially short it with leverage. It just feels like an a invitation to lose all your money, but everything's a buy the dip. But in a lot of markets, you think, hey, you know, this thing's going to drop 25% at some point when it gets there, I'll buy it. It ha- in, no one hour, in one no hour, yeah, in one all hour though, the altcoins, like I shared a bunch of charts, they all bounced, hit, went, 20% down, hit support, and we're gone in a minute. So if you didn't just have your bids already ready, but I think the most astounding, like, that's just such a strong indicator that it's a bull market, that you got the retrace, but it happened for one minute. And you want to hear, you wanna hear an embarrassing story? You want to hear an embarrassing story? If it's about so you if, or if, Mario, then 100%. Well, so FTT pumped on the news that they may reboot the exchange, right? So... When I saw the pump, I thought the pump was an absolute idiotic pump because even if they did relaunch the exchange, there's no way that they relaunched the token. And so I took a short on uh, I took a short on FTT, and I was liquidated overnight because the token just continued to pump. Okay, Patrick, I do want to go to you in one second. I'm sorry that I interrupted, but I have to say something. FTT yesterday pumped because Gary Gensler said that it was a viable idea that FTX exchange could be rebooted. Okay, right. Uh, We've heard, obviously, John Ray, we've heard these people talking about uh, FTX 2.0. But what is astounding and notable to me is that Gary Gensler can make a comment and pump an altcoin literally 100% in a matter of minutes. And he was personally responsible, or the SEC as a whole, for passively naming a number of altcoins in these enforcement actions like Coinbase and Binance, they would just say, these nine coins are unregistered securities, you're in charge. And those coins would go down 60 or 70%. Is there a single person who is more guilty of manipulating the crypto market than Gary Gensler, which is the thing he's literally supposed to be stopping? He made a dead Ponzi scheme token of a bankrupt company that was the biggest fraud in financial history double in price with a single comment yesterday. Think about that. And I got liquidated. And most importantly, Rand got liquidated. Patrick, what do you think of all of this? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how I could follow that. Um, uh, I mean, you know, things are, things are looking good. Uh, obviously, I'm much smaller than, than you and Rand, but yesterday was the biggest day on my YouTube channel since early 2022. So definitely, I think that's a signal that people are starting to come back. Another signal I saw is if you think of crypto Twitter as a circle, then finance and money Twitter are kind of concentric circles that are around that. And I've had multiple freelancers I work with who aren't normally into crypto, but are obviously tangentially aware of it, reach out to me in the past day asking if the crypto bull run. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, I guess yesterday I haven't gotten a single call. I was saying yesterday I haven't gotten a single call. My mom hasn't called to check in and see if it's time. Nobody. Maybe this is a uh, top signal. Hopefully, he, uh, well, if he is listening, doesn't matter. But my video editor uh, DM'd me yesterday to ask which coins he should buy. I think that's the local. I think it's the first sign, and that's exactly why it bounced from uh, got rejected at thirty-eight. Right, six I mean, more to go. Six, six more cycles to go yes. before the top. That's right. That's right. My my last year, the dead top or last cycle, the dead top was when I sat down to get a haircut, and the guy asked me about urethrium. 
literally like pronounce it urethrium and ask me if it was uh, a good geez. time to buy it. Uh, Wait, that's not uh, the way it's pronounced? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think medical, med- maybe that's the medical uh, official term and terminology for it. Now, now <laughs> your urethrium is going to pump. Yeah, it's uh, urethra is how it's started. It's sister, sister pump. Hey. By the way, Donish, Matt Hogan, I see you guys in the audience. Uh, if you, I'm trying to invite you up if you can make it, but uh, you might have to request for some reason. I, I don't think it's going through. Uh, is this um, going to become? Is this going to become another crypto? No, they were they were invited. You no, know, well, it could be. Do you mean Dan? You, I was, I was joking that you were yesterday. You were Ron, and he was Dan. Yeah. So uh, for, for whatever reason, or whether that was yesterday or two days ago, I, I want to still put this uh, entire crypto move into, it's, into some context and then dive more specifically, obviously, into the Ethereum part. Peter Cheer, uh, what are you seeing like on the wider macro and where is this fitting in in context? Because to me, it feels like we're completely untethered here and, and having our own party. Peter, I can't. Can you guys hear Peter? I don't hear anything, but I see his mic. I, I don't hear Peter. I think he's. I think he's. Um, I think he's not. Uh, Can you hear me now? Uh, oh yeah, I thought that. I thought that Gary Gensler had uh, had uh, muted you. Perfect. Having some technical issues. Um, let me just. Um, yeah, I think a, a couple things are going on on the macro side. That good for crypto. You had ICBC got hacked yesterday, right? So Treasury trading was potentially impacted. You've got the Fed that's losing control, deficits losing control. You've got two wars kind of going on. So I think you're seeing a lot of reasons for people to kind of reach out to that. And treasuries just do not feel like the flight to safety asset they once were. So I think people are pushing into other alternatives. I would say, though, I still haven't seen a huge interest in institutional people yet. Um, you know, like you're picking up a lot of people in these um, chats. I have not gotten that big spike in people kind of wanting to talk about crypto yet. Um, Isn't that good? So I lost Peter again. Uh, I, I can't hear you. Can you Yeah, I was going to say, I can't, it's one of those moments I can't tell where I'm having issues or somebody else, but I think Peter had an issue there. I mean, I think it's I a think, good I think one thing to point out, you may say that the, the institutions aren't in it, and I think I agree with you, but important to note that we did have the flipping. Institutional capital, we haven't even scraped the surface, but encouraging to know that the institutional market is now more responsible for leverage than the, the retail market. And we got to see 400 million of that flush yesterday, right? Which I think was kind of the story of that move. Uh, if I mean, 400 million is not actually that huge of a day for, you know, we, we used to see, I think, in the FTX days, there were days where it was a billion and open interest was flushed. But I still think it, it is notable that we have that flipping. It means that there are institutions that are looking to trade this. And I think that's a nice segue into what's happening with Ethereum, right? I, I can personally say I've been very bullish on Ethereum bottoming for quite a long time. I write about it constantly in the newsletter. Uh, I get angry maxis uh, with three followers and laser eyes screaming in my comments every single day about how I'm a shit coiner. That's a good signal that uh, Ethereum was starting to bottom. We had Ethereum oversold on the weekly for only the fourth time in history on, on our side versus Bitcoin. And I just think we reached a fever pitch of irrational hatred for for uh, Ethereum, I think JP Morgan wrote a whole thing about being disappointed in Ethereum after the move, that there had been uh, no real movement. Those are all my favorite signals. But yesterday, obviously, we saw Ethereum. Uh, we saw first conjecture that uh, Ethereum, that BlackRock was filing for an Ethereum spot ETF. It was basically registered in Delaware. And so seven days before the Bitcoin spot ETF was announced. They had registered in Delaware. So people said this is an advance. And it was confirmed by NASDAQ later. Obviously, we saw this large move in Ethereum to the upside. A few quick takes and then to the panel. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of people. Scott, I don't know if you can hear me. Go ahead, Rick. Yes, I can. I don't know if it's just me, but you're cutting off. Is it just me that's cutting the Apple? And you're cutting out for me. I can try to switch phones a minute. Am I cutting out for you guys? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Just Mario's cutting out for me. 
<laughs> okay, so you guys can hear me. That's good. Um, what, I, what, I, what I was going to say is that we've had this narrative with Larry Fink, obviously, kind of on the roadshow for, for crypto at the moment. And he keeps saying crypto rather than Bitcoin. And a lot of Bitcoiners, I think, have pointed out that he can't officially say Bitcoin. So he says crypto. But I think we can put that sort of narrative to bed. BlackRock in his in his annual letter in March, you know, he talked about tokenizing assets. We know that this isn't just about Bitcoin for him. But the fact that BlackRock now is following ARK and others for an Ethereum spot ETF means that this isn't just about Bitcoin, I think, and that Ethereum could be the next narrative. So I guess the question I'm posing, Matt, I'll ask you first, obviously, you're my go-to ETF guy. How big of news is this to have BlackRock joining the party with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here. It's really big news. You know, I I think there was this speculation on whether BlackRock was Bitcoin only or crypto. And this ends that speculation. They're clearly crypto. They're doing Bitcoin. They're doing Ethereum. If and when we get futures contracts on other assets or get more regulatory clarity, they're probably going to move down the chain. I think this is just a major signal that crypto is moving into being a mainstream asset. And you know, the other thing about Ethereum was before all the ETF craziness, it had a separate and really exciting bullish narrative around the rise of layer twos and the monthly active user counts there and, and the advent of scaling and the upcoming upgrades of the blockchain uh, and all the excitement around tokenization. So you're sort of getting, you know, two major bullish catalysts pushing it forward. It makes me really excited for ETH. And I think, yeah, I think it was a really big day yesterday. Um, maybe not surprising in retrospect, but it wasn't clear where BlackRock stood uh, until yesterday. And now I think it is clear. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a major positive signal for crypto. Go ahead, Rand. And uh, you're having the usual sound problem. See, I, I can't now tell if I'm cutting out, if other people are cutting out. But uh, here, welcome to the usual party. Gareth, I mean, let's talk about the actual price action and what we saw there. And am I breaking up for you, Gareth, or do you hear me completely? I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, no breaking God, up at amazing. all. I'm so good at this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, at least on the price action for Ethereum, right, we saw that big pop yesterday. It actually went right up to the high from April of 2023, which was the highest price that it has seen in the last, basically in the last almost 18 months, right? So so pretty impressive rally here, uh, but it stopped on a dime right at that 2150, 2160 level, which was that pivot high. So basically as a technician, that's now the level I'm watching, right? Just like we were watching that 31, 32,000 level on Bitcoin before it broke out, this now becomes the key level to watch for, for bulls and bears uh, on Ethereum. I think, uh, yeah. Scott, if you can hear me now, just let me know. You sound great. You sound great. So I think a few things, let's just go through a few things around Ethereum and BlackRock. First of all, BlackRock have been bullish Ethereum because, you know, they, speak, they spoke about tokenization of assets. But I think also BlackRock are bullish on making money. And since they saw that a ETH futures ETF was approved, applying the same logic of the, of the, um, the court case against Grayscale, they knew that an ETF, an ETH ETF, was probably uh, the logical next step. The second thing is that ETH and the ETH ecosystem have done nothing in this pump, and they've lagged every other coin. So if you look at the Cosmos ecosystem, or you look at Bitcoin, or you look at the whole Bitcoin ecosystem, ETH and the whole ecosystem were actually lagging. Lido, Rocket Pool, Frax, all the, the restaking protocols, uh, Curve, all of those tokens were, had done nothing in the cycle where all the other tokens started to move. And actually, yesterday, I actually did a show. It was completely coincidental saying, look, these tokens have to move at some point. Um, and we think that when Ethereum is going to explode, all these tokens will explode. While I was live, the announcement came out. And now 24 hours later, literally every single token that I said was going to explode is going to explode. And I think that that's the logic here. ETH was the only one in this move that hadn't moved. Every other ecosystem had moved. Gaming had moved. Solana had moved. Cosmos had moved. Bitcoin had moved. The only ecosystem that didn't make a move was the ETH ecosystem. And so I think it was, it was just a, a, a catch-up rally by Ethereum. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, actually, basically, completely. David Tal, what do you think? See, they're trolling me. David, you there? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Sorry. Um, so, um, look, I... I, I Don, can, you, can you hear him? Can anybody can hear you him? hear me? 
I can hear David. Yes, I can hear David. Okay, I'm gonna drop off and come back on. Uh, so, so, so I, I, I had this uh, this conversation with Donish this morning. Um, I, I, I believe that you know certainly there is good reason to you know be confident that BlackRock uh, and then everybody else in tow in the institutional world is going to go ahead and now take this asset class very seriously. Uh, and it's going to have permanence uh, in that world, which will lead to incredible overtime, incredible, incredible inflows. Um, it, it's a question of time in terms of when the ETF for ETH you know, gets approved, uh, but we can be uh, much more confident now on the basis of the fact that we will get a Bitcoin ETF, that an ETH ETF will come. Uh, and so therefore, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been a set of circumstances that is more, I don't know, certain, let's say, uh, than we have right now. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, to use not necessarily a great investing term, but the front run, um, you know, all of that activity that will eventually, you know, follow. Uh, and yes, you, you can be, uh, you could paint the narrative um, not as rosy. You can say, look, this is just the placeholder. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? But I really believe, you know, I, I'd like to go ahead and, and, you know, bring people's attention to the fact that Larry Fink has pulled his pedal off of the gas when it comes to ESG in a major way. Some may say he's done a 180 um, on ESG. And people may not realize, Dave, just for context, he created ESG. <laughs> That's correct. Right? No, no. And, Basically. To, and to your point, Scott, if he created ESG, right, he can create crypto also. And, and, and that's how powerful he and BlackRock are. And so I, I don't care who you are. You could try to stand in the way. You could be an investor, a stupid investor, or you could be a regulator, or you can be a lawmaker. You could try to stand in the way of BlackRock they're going to railroad right over you. It doesn't matter. They're, they're too big. And I think the other side of that, which people talked about when the spot ETF was first filed, is not only is he the king of ESG and it's the sort of uh, taking away the ESG narrative, him being the king of ESG and then filing for a Bitcoin spot ETF, in my mind, also eliminates a lot of the environmental FUD around Bitcoin specifically. Like if the guy who is the king of ESG is willing to come out and say Bitcoin is a viable enough asset to for us to file for an ETF, he's saying that it's not environmentally damaging, right? Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but you haven't heard any uh, environmental FUD out of anyone other than uh, Elizabeth Warren's face uh, since then, right? Lawyered, I see you're giving a bunch of uh, thumbs up. What's your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, look, look, this is all just trying to analyze what to me is actually just a little delayed reaction. Like people are slowly waking. The fact that institutions aren't really in yet is like such a bold yet to me. Um, you know, they're like kind of waking up where like we, we live in a new world with black, with, you know, Larry Fink saying flight to quality. It's like, you know, you're rubbing your eyes and, and slowly they'll trickle in. I mean, I think that's that's what I think. It's just a, it's just a foregone conclusion that you're going to see in Ethereum um, ETF. Yeah. So I guess the question then, uh, Ran, Derek, maybe you guys are the ones to answer this, answer this, Patrick. Like, we obviously saw Bitcoin finally ran, right? It broke that 31,000 level that was so key. And we had not really seen altcoins run. That's when altcoins started to really heat up. We saw these massive moves from all the ecosystems Rand saw. Are we now seeing a market rotation into Ethereum? Is it time to basically focus on Ethereum and Ethereum ecosystem and maybe let the others cool off? Because even if you look at the charts, they're all massively overbought. I mean, there's these are big runs. So that's actually funny enough. That's, that's another thing that I tweeted yesterday. And I said, be careful of this ETH run. Because what the ETH run is going to do, it's going to start, uh, it's going to start draining liquidity. I said, ETH literally broke the triangle during the stream while I was talking on an, uh, on, um, while I was talking an imminent, about an imminent ETH pump. The ETH tokens have been lagging. They will now likely run. Because of the size of these tokens, because of the size of Ethereum and the ecosystem, to move those prices up is going to take a lot of liquidity, which is going to drain a lot of liquidity out of the other alts. Which are, which are much smaller and much easier to move up. So you think about Solana. 
Solana is about one tenth of the size of ETH, or whatever the, the one sixth or one eighth or whatever the, the the exact numbers. I haven't been checking, but you just think that when ETH starts pumping, that needs a lot of air. And where does that air come from? In the absence of new USDT or USDC coming into the ecosystem, which we know is not currently happening, it is happening, but not at a big enough pace. This the the liquidity is going to start coming from the other coins. So you're going to start seeing a rotation from a lot of the smaller ecosystems into the big ecosystem. It's almost the opposite of, of Bitcoin. You know, when Bitcoin goes up in the beginning of the rally and then dominance drops by 1% and the alt feel like they're having the best day of their lives, this is potentially, to an extent, the opposite of that. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Patrick, is that what you think as well? Uh, that's that's what I think as well, because the stablecoin market cap is still holding flat. So like Rand was saying, that liquidity has to come from somewhere. Uh, however, the one reason I have hesitation with that thesis is that uh, Solana has, even with the ETH news, outperformed ETH by quite a bit over the past day. Yeah, Solana bounced hard. Yeah, Solana, <laughs> I, I, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what my thesis is there, Patrick, and I've, I've actually thought about this quite a lot. So let's just imagine that, let's reset the, the playing field here. And let's just say that there was an alien that came to Earth and we had to explain what's going on in the block, blockchain uh, world. And we explained to this alien that actually, look, there's two ecosystems that do smart contracts. One of them is Ethereum. It's very slow and it's very expensive. But don't worry, it's got these things called side chains. And the side chains all settle onto the main chain. And then the alien asks you one question and he says, just, I just want to know one thing. He says, can the, the, the dApps on the different side chains talk to each other? Like a dApp on, optim, on optimism, can it talk to a dApp on Arbitrum? And then you answer the alien, you say to the alien, no, that doesn't really work like that. What the alien will say is, well, actually, then this is a farce. Ethereum is a settlement chain for a whole lot of separate blockchain, which you can kind of call them layer twos, but they're completely separate, not non-linked blockchains. And then you compare that to what Solana is and what Solana is becoming in this cycle. And that is one chain where everything works on the main chain and every dApp can talk to every other dApp on the main chain. I think that in this cycle, Solana wins because, because of that analogy. I think that that's why Solana becomes the best performing layer one or the best performing big token of the cycle. So I think it's going to back the trend um, I think because of that, it's going to back the trend. And you can kind of see the narrative on Twitter and the narrative uh, from the VCs and whatever saying, hold on, maybe these layer twos are actually really are just separate blockchains. And we're calling them ETH layer twos because they all settle onto ETH layer two. But, you know, the truth is that they actually are separate blockchains. Yeah, so, so I'll say uh, I actually have more soul than, than ETH at this point after this run-up. But um, I think you can make the case that the... BlackRock filing for the ETH ETF, obviously you have the long-term inflows into ETH specifically, but what it also does is it legitimizes crypto and specifically legitimizes smart contract blockchains as something that's going to be here to stay. And that would that effect would trickle down to other chains like Solana as well. Yeah, that's, fair. that's, a, that's a fair point. I mean, that, that is a fair point. I do believe though, and, and you said you have more Solana than ETH in your portfolio. I do believe though that Solana... Is the is the Ethereum of the last cycle? So like the up and coming, the 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 performer. You know, in the last cycle it was Bitcoin, and then ETH became the better the better perform the better performer and, and the catch up and the the second biggest. I predicted uh, just after I came back from the Solana conference, I actually predicted that Solana becomes the number three token after. So I, in my mind, at the end of the cycle, it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and then everything else. I don't know how you, how you feel about that. What happened? What happened to Polygon though? Like everyone, just a few months ago, no one was talking about Solana. Everyone was talking about Polygon. Matic, Hi, Matic, Matic. And, hey. Hi, Mario. Welcome. Nice to have thanks you. For invite, thanks for inviting me. Like literally the first thing I hear when I join is just Solana. The last thing I heard in the um, last space was Solana. Polygon, what happened to Polygon? Polygon is a, is a layer two. And I just spoke about my thesis around layer twos. We can call them layer twos on Ethereum, but actually what they are, are they, they're separate blockchains for all intents and purposes. Like, you know, a, 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 a DAP on Matic cannot speak to a DAP on Optimism, which cannot speak to a DAP on Arbitrum. So it's pretty much like they're running on different blockchains. And yes, they are settling on ETH and they're getting the security on ETH. But that's not, like, to me, it's just the thesis doesn't make sense. A better thesis for me 
is that there is one layer one where all the dApps in the layer one can just talk to that layer one and everything is just settled quickly and cheaply onto the layer one. And I, like, again, I say, when I went to Solana, that's, that's the thesis that, that I came home with. I'm just testing to see if I'm working. Is, can you guys hear me? I got kicked off, rebooted, listener, two phones. Great. Okay, good. Yeah, we can, but it just seems like for me, what, what, what it seems like, uh, Ryan, is uh, look, other than price, how are the other metrics? I, know, I don't know if you guys were talking about Solana and sorry to you know, kind of pivot to that, but how are the other metrics other than, than just the price of Solana going up? Any other movement in, in adoption whatsoever? There's TVL yeah. going up, more projects building on Solana. So TVL is a terrible, metri- a terrible um, uh, metric. And I'll tell you why TVL is a terrible metric. And most of crypto actually gets fooled by TVL. TVL stands for total value locked. And most of the tokens locked up in an ecosystem are actually the token itself. So when you say the TVL of ETH, uh, you say the TVL of ETH. Well, the TVL of ETH is mainly made up of ETH. And the TVL of Solana is actually mainly made up of Solana. And the TVL of Kujira or Phantom is mainly made up of the primary token in most cases. I'm not going to say in every case. And the problem is that as the price goes up, then the TVL goes up. And then everyone goes, well, look, the TVL is exploding. Well, yeah, the TVL is exploding because the price is exploding and the TVL is just these tokens locked up. I see, uh, Patrick, you got your hand up. Uh, yeah, a lot of thoughts on that. So I actually used to write tweets for DeFi Llama and um, totally agree. Totally agree. Because the problem with TVL is that it's highly, highly reflexive. So what happens is the price of the ecosystem token like Sol goes up. That causes the price of all other ecosystem tokens to go up like we're seeing with some meme coins on Solana right now, which then pumps the TVL further, which causes more people to bridge in stable coins. It increases APRs on the network. And so it just can spiral up very quickly and spiral down very quickly. So although you know everyone likes to look at TVL and say, okay, is the TV, TVL going up? Does that mean it's undervalued? So what, what, are the, what are the metrics you look for then, Patrick? Uh, well, one, one of the major metrics would be stablecoin inflows because that's tougher to fake, right? Because that's real money. Uh, but part part of the problem with TVL is um, is that is that at, at, like I said, at, as it, since it's highly reflexive, TVL comes from market cap as much as market cap comes from TVL. So if a chain already has a high market cap, then all you need is a small percentage of that to actually enter the DeFi ecosystem for that TVL to go up. So so it's. It's it's a lot more complicated than the story you hear on Twitter. A lot of people saying, "Well, it's got a low TVL." I couldn't agree with you more, Patrick. I think the best metric today uh, to to measure a blockchain is the the amount of USD backed stablecoin on that chain because that shows the confidence of people to leave real money on that chain. Number one, number two, and it's a metric that probably not a lot of people are measuring, but act, daily active users of not the protocol because there's a the, the the daily active addresses on the protocol is actually a cheat and the reason why it's a cheat is because if the solana price is going up and people start trading solana between one another because the price is going up and people are speculating on the price that drives up the daily active addresses that just means there's more people in the casino and that's not the reason why they're coming to the casino is because the price is going up what i'm looking for is the number of daily active users on the biggest used dApps on the blockchain. So how many users are actually using the dApps on the blockchain, not actually just trading the token because they want to speculate on the token? Now, that for me is a metric which is much harder to read, but that's a metric which would give me confidence about a blockchain. Patrick, any other metrics that you look for? I I would say those are the main ones. Um, Truthfully, I, I do... And are those? And when it comes to and when it comes to Solana, are those metrics keeping up with the price action? Uh, one other metric, actually, that I think can be helpful, uh, although this gets complicated comparing between blockchains, but is actually uh, gas spent on on the network, because again, that's showing a willingness to pay the net, pay to use the network. Uh, stable coins are up slightly, uh, not up enough to be commensurate with the price. However, however, again, if price keeps rallying, then APRs go up on the network, which which could have an effect on that. Uh, the other thing I think that's sort of been um, underrated is that there's really a new generation of DeFi applications on Solana. So there's some from 2021 that were able to survive and keep building, but there's a lot of new, I would say, very, very high quality applications that have launched over the past year. 
is there any other blockchain that you think is showing any signs of 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 this kind of traction? So, like Solana is showing amazing traction. We and I think maybe we're just in a little Solana season right now. Is there any other blockchain other than Ethereum that you think is showing any any? And when I say blockchain, I don't mean layer two on Ethereum. So let's talk about layer ones. Are there any other layer ones where you think we're seeing the same thing? Yeah, what happened, uh, Patrick? What was the shiny object syndrome? What happened to Aptos and Sui that everyone was talking about a few months ago? Uh, well, I've, I've never been been that into those two. I mean, they've got large war chests. I hear that they're highly performant, so uh, maybe they can build out their own ecosystem. But I haven't haven't really seen anything there yet. What about Cardano? You know, funny funny story about Cardano. Actually, I was posting just the other day is um. That's a good example of TVL flowing from market cap. It's it's still uh, quite low un- unless you count staked Cardano as as some people who are ADA fans say you should. But but assuming you just count smart contract TVL, uh, then actually the amount of ADA that's been flowing into DeFi applications has been basically uh, up only this year, about four x since the start of the year. So so you're saying that Cardano is showing signs of life. Uh, it, it is showing signs of life. Uh, personally, I haven't seen as much that's interesting there. That's, you know, hopefully I don't get flamed for that because because um, I'm open to changing my mind. But um, but it is showing. It's some amazing. Signs of life. It's amazing how scared content creators are of the. It's crazy. Of, it's cra- of the crazy. The community. It's it's just. Uh, yeah. What about what about Kujira? Do you watch Kujira? Do you watch the Do you watch any Cosmos any Cosmos uh, chains? Uh, yeah, actually, I had a video on Kujira just just two days ago. Overview, uh, really interesting. Kujira and Injective, I would say, are the two most interesting ones on Cosmos I've seen. Both, obviously, performing very well, which has brought a lot of attention to them. Both have a lot of unique and interesting applications. Also, I think both still very young. Where where um, where, as far as I know, both are still permissioned. For example, so you can't have anyone launch an application. Uh, but but those are the two most interesting ones I've seen in Cosmos. Where are all the devs? Like, is there? I know that uh, the dev, there was a point where the devs loved Polkadot, so I don't know if that's the best well, indicator. Well, so, so, so this is I actually looked up on Sentiment the other day to find out where the devs were. And I, I, to be honest, I just don't know if there's an accurate metric of where all the devs are. And I'll tell you why. Um, it looks when you read the data, the data tells you that the most active developer communities are Polkadot and Cardano. That, that's like the two chains where you're getting the most active developers. And that just doesn't make sense because you, in the VC game and in the DAP game, I don't know how many devs, I, I don't see any uh, uh, Polkadot related applications or DAPs coming out. I don't see, I don't see much coming out of Cardano either. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know where to get a reliable metric of all the devs are, other than going to the actual dev cons and the hacker houses. Guys, you want to take that one? Because I, I just tuned out when someone sent me uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is shitting on BlackRock. I'm like, man, just wait up. Let, let's get the ETF first. So I got distracted completely. Vivek has um, a, Vivek has a list of a hundred people that uh, his committee has told him he needs to have hot takes against, whether he cares or not. And so he's just I know, going, I know. He's just going down the list. It's, it's, it's always, it's always, it's, but I, I just don't want him to shit on BlackRock yet. We could like, if we do it in like a few months, it'll be perfect. So I got distracted from, from Rand's question. Um, and I came in late as well. Can I can I ask you a question that everyone hates because I came in late? Scott, can I ask you a question? I guess. I'm going to say no. What about, what, well, let me guess what the question is. What about the VC funding? <laughs> no. What about no, crypto I saw punks, yesterday. What about crypto no, so, punks? No, yesterday. Look, yesterday is 100. Well, I can't remember which fund. They put in $100 million in startups. I'm, I'll tell you my experience with funding VCs. Th- there is a shift. Now, I think you guys mentioned it a week before me. I'm starting to see it a bit later, maybe because I'm so introverted. But I am starting to see a shift. Like projects... Obviously, work with projects that, from an advertising perspective or incubation, they are raising money. I think there's more grants being approved. A lot of discussions that have been delayed for months are starting to close. Um, so the shift is happening. Uh, but I just feel like it's very sad. I feel like, you know, Rand, you were talking yesterday about a 25% correction, which kind of fucked up my day. But I think as soon, but it happens, as, soon as the money- It happened like four hours later in, in an hour. We got the correction. It happened. <laughs> no, but he's talking about 25% capitulation. Uh, all, coins corrected. all coins corrected 25% in an hour. 
There was an altcoin capitulation yesterday. Altcoins capitulated 20 to 25%. I don't know which altcoins you were in, Mario, but other than... I don't, I don't look at the markets. Are you being serious? Dead, dead serious. Bitcoin went from 38 to like mid 35s. And in the same moment, altcoins literally went down 30%. But did, they, did, they did, they, did they recover? Did they bounce back? Let me give you some stats. Let me give you some stats. Solana went down. Solana is what one of the, let's say the one of the most reliable, the biggest altcoins went down 14 and a half percent. Let me give you, let me give you some other ones. Give me some names. I'll tell you how, how far they went down. I've got this chart. I saw Algo went down, but bounced, did went down right support and bounce. I just happened to be seeing some charts where it just bounced off key levels. But yeah, so I mean, 20%. Why, 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 why is FTX up 57% in the last one? Because hours? Gary Gensler is pumping it, Mario. You missed the show. <laughs> Gary Gensler is a pumper, is a pumper. He pumps. You've got immutables up 48% yeah. last seven days. Solana's up 25%. I think it's correct. It's down the back up to, to what is it now? But most altcoins, most altcoins had a 20% correction yesterday. I mean, you wouldn't know that if you slept for, if you slept through the, through the dip, you would have thought nothing happened. I survived the altcoin crash of yesterday. I need a t-shirt. No, what's your, actually guys, no, no messing around. What's your biggest holding run? It's like I'm asking you if you. Um, <laughs> um, Bitcoin. Well, well, hold on. No. Let's put it there. It shouldn't Outcoins. be my biggest holding, Bitcoin. but it is my biggest. It is my biggest holding because it spiked up in price so quickly. But right now, Kujira is my biggest holding. It shouldn't be, but it, it just happened so because it spiked up in price. Should so I quickly. give you the Luna speech again, Rand, about no, uh, Kujira no, no, being your uh, point? Well taken. But my biggest holding, Solana, in ETH, Solana, well, in in order, Kujira, Solana, Injective, Arweave. Okay, Scott. Bitcoin by far, Ethereum uh, second. Oh my god, man! Then, you are uh, so lame. Yes, I, I actually practice what I preach. I'm sorry, uh, Scott. Scott, what about your 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 the other friends of yours in the in, in the same nursing home? Do they hold the same bags? I don't know. I'll have to ask them at dinner at three thirty p.m. today. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the. Let's make sure you take sorry. your dentures with you. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, what, what are your three biggest holdings? Three biggest right now would be Solana, Link, and uh, BitTensor Tau. I've literally yeah. never heard of whatever the hell you just said. Yeah, what's Solana? I didn't, yeah, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that, yes. Did you make Peter, that last your, one up? Well, what's your, actually, what's, your, what's, the, what's, the third, what's the third one? What's, do you know what, Ryan? It's, it's not yeah, microcap. Don't worry. It's one of the largest um, AI projects. Yeah, it's such a boomer. You're right. De decentralized AI. It's a token called Tau. Tao, uh, again for people for the for the for the rest of the people in Scott's nursing home, just so you know, the token was trading at around fifty four dollars for a long time, and recently went from fifty four dollars to about one hundred and forty dollars. It is also one of my it's also one of my not one of my biggest holdings, but it, it just became a big holding kind of overnight. Congratulations! All right, well, what was the second one, Patrick? What was the second one you mentioned? Chainlink. Link, which I think is obvious. I, yeah, think, yeah. I think to Rand's point, I think a lot of people have found themselves in much larger positions and out of balance based on the moves that we've seen because it's been so long that uh, things were sideways and people were trying to manage their portfolios. And all of a sudden you get something called four or five X and it becomes a huge percentage of your portfolio. It, 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 by the way, just it's probably a good time to say this is not investment advice before we continue. <laughs> just for the audience. Scott, the irony is one of my community members actually sent me a tweet that I tweeted in September 2022. And the tweet says, all the money which I lost in Luna, I'm going to make back on Kujira. That's how long I've been holding it. I mean, I held it back down. I bought it close to zero. Well, no, I held it because this is one of the tokens that collapsed in the Luna collapse. Then I held it right through the bear market. Obviously, I didn't sell one token. Just didn't really, didn't really pay much attention to it because I, I know what they're doing. And uh, I mean, these guys are shipping at the speed of light. Um, and so I just held it and didn't really pay much attention to the price. And I think it went, uh, again, I didn't pay much attention to price. I think, I think it went from like seven cents to $4. Patrick, am I right that it started around seven cents in the beginning of a cycle? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It crashed so low uh, and it wasn't trading for a while. I think when it started trading, it was around five to 10 cents. Yeah. So if, uh, I think seven cents, it went from seven cents to $4. Um, and yeah, even, even at, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, this, I, I guess my bags are boring. It's Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then uh, also if we're just like top five ish Matic, uh, which uh, I think everybody knows that uh, I now just got disproportionately large uh, from Alluvium from buying that near the bottom and holding a lot of it from the other market and then Injective as well, which I think you said was one of yours. I no, Simon, Simon, I'm, but Simon, no, Simon, no, no, you, Simon, I will no, don't do that. Full disclosure, I'm an investor. That's not allowed to say. I, I denominate <laughs> my life in Maddox, Simon. No, I'm just kidding. I, Nobody I, cut that out. And you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to say uh, Bitcoin. No Bitcoin. Okay, no actually, uh, I, I want Simon to speak, but then one of the other bigger pieces of news that we have today, obviously, is the Celsius bankruptcy update. And we do have both Cam and Simon here. So I think that's definitely worth discussing. Go ahead, Simon. Uh, yeah, no, I don't invest in shit coins. It's only equity and Bitcoin. Um, but the uh, I just wanted to check. Sorry, sorry to change the subject slightly, but Justin Sun tweeted that there was a hack in Poloniex, um, and uh, yeah, they're trying to rec- they're, they're seeing about recovering funds at the moment. So if anyone's got funds in Poloniex, I think it's too late. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they are offering they are offering a bounty of I think five percent of the stolen funds to the um to the to a white uh, I'm gonna re- quickly read the tweet. He says um Poloniex hack don't don't know much details yet, hope it'll be re- revealed soon anyway. Um so so they they are we're offering a five percent white hat bounty to the Poloniex hacker. Please return the funds uh to the following address. We'll give you seven days to consider this offer before we talk to law enforcement. Um, the size of the hack, um, I haven't been following it very closely because it keeps changing every couple of minutes. I don't know Last I'd seen it was 50, but I think it's up. Mm. I, saw, I saw 48, yeah, I think it's probably around there. Probably around there. Yeah, and then obviously yeah. there's the connection with Hobby, which uh, has obviously had a lot of um, interrogation. And it, it, it mentions collaborating with other exchanges in order to resolve the issue. So I don't know, man, I, I, I don't want to spread, spread things, but there seems to be the left hand pass into the right hand uh, for a long time in these exchanges. I mean, you know, this was a 2014 exchange that got sold several times, recycled to circle, um, then ha- ended up in the hands of Justin Sun. And yeah, uh, it's the same. Sam, um, you've been in crypto for a long time. I've been in crypto for less than you, but for a long time. And I know that two things are going to happen every single bull market. One is there's going to be Justin Sanford, and two, there's going to be Terrified. And it's just, that's just been the cycle again and again and again. Every Celsius, could, Simon, do you think we can, uh, and Cam, can we get an update on, on Celsius? I saw, obviously, that the, I, I know it still has to go to a judge, but uh, Arrington was tweeting about it yesterday, and I think that uh, there's some major updates Updates there. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll start if you want, then Cam can cover some more. But um, essentially, we got a confirmation order, um, and the confirmation order is the end of a year-and-a-half process um, to take all of the fraud out of Celsius, leave all the criminality with Mazinski and the co-conspirators that are facing up to 115 years in prison, um, and then take the assets of the left, which were about 50% less than if we just um, didn't um, have any of them at Celsius, um, and reorganize them into a public company. And the public company will find out, um, is trying to get a pre-clearance letter from the SEC um, using an exemption in the bankruptcy code that would allow you to issue shares and go direct to a public offering. Um, if it succeeds, uh, then there's um, yeah, there's a there's a about 120,000 like slightly um, out of date ASICs, um, and we got about I think about 85,000 of them plugged in right now, um, and then there's going to be about 450 million of ETH staking wrapped into a public company um, and, uh, and then a bunch of illiquid investments as well. So that, that may be um, a public company offering that happens um, hopefully, probably, I guess, around March, March next year if we get the pre-clearance letter. Um, that's everything on, on that side, yeah. So there's going to be... Cam, anything to add there? Cam? Well, Cam, something's up with your mic. Mike, Cam, please, I can't wait to hear more about Celsius. Uh, you need to fix your mic. 
sounds uh, like cool. he's uh, in one what of a, your machines a, with you, Mario. What he's, a, he's biohacking <laughs> with you, I think. Man, I wouldn't. I would never biohack or shake hands with anyone that will talk about FTX or Celsius because I'm so sick of. Oh, Voyager! I'm so sick of these stories. I can't wait for. Well, then you and I are not going to get along there very is, well. There is an interest. Cam, um, Cam, is your mic working? Yeah, you're good. Great. Yep, you're good. Yeah, I guess one thing just to address now that the confirmation order is in. Uh, it's just how the press has been covering Celsius, like because it looks like it's going to be one of perhaps the only company that's going to reemerge from bankruptcy as a new entity. Some people have been portraying this as if Celsius somehow was a better actor than other players. That's actually quite the opposite. The only reason it's being reorganized is because they spent something like $700 million of customer deposits investing in illiquid mining equipment. And the creditors that are part of the creditor committee decided that it's better for creditors to try to create a new entity to get value out of that rather than liquidate the mining entity. And effectively, that's something that they should not have invested in. Uh, and that's different from a Voyager or a BlockFi, but they did things much worse. And they pushed the frontier of fake yield that encouraged other players that weren't quite as bad, such as BlockFi and Voyager, to try to compete with Celsius, which, I mean, they intentionally pushed, pushed everybody down the risk curve collectively. Exactly. And internal yield, documents revealed that they were intentionally trying to get the most uh, attractive yields because they realized when they raised the yield, customers came from BlockFi and Voyager and Nexo. So they were intentionally positioning their yield to be the best in market. And we found out that it was effectively Ponzi yield. Um, so what, what's the, uh, is there a consent? It seems like, listen, I was a Voyager creditor. I think everybody knows that. It seems that we kind of had the worst timing because Voyager liquidated assets to pay everybody back sort of at the dead bottom of the market. We've seen, obviously, FTX has the chance now with Anthropic and Solana rising that they could really almost be made whole. Like, what's the consensus or at least like ballpark of what Celsius creditors can expect. Yeah, back. it somewhat depends on your holdings. So if you held something like Bitcoin, you might get something like 25% in kind in terms of a liquid crypto distribution. But oddly, that would be a mix of Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, if you're a stablecoin holder, you might do slightly better because you would get the run-up that these other assets have had. Uh, and then you'd be also getting a share in uh, this new Nuco, which they are evaluating it to be about as much as the liquid crypto distribution. Now, this is in-kind value. So the lawyers will, will only give you credit for your holdings when they filed for bankruptcy on July 13th of 2022. Yeah, that's what, that's what we got in Voyager. Every, like, everybody said, hey, you're getting 36% back. But no, if those assets were priced to when we got refunded, it was like 24%. So mm -hmm. kind of the same idea. Exactly. So they're going to look at that number, which will be more attractive. But if you look at what you would have had, if not for the fraud at Celsius, your numbers won't look nearly as good. If you had an account less than $5,000, you're going to get 70% of that uh, petition date pricing, no matter, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, if you have more, it'll vary. It's better for account holders that the market has been rallying because there will be, there's basically some set allocations. So this new, new co-entity is taking... $450 million of customer funds to start up. And there's a litigation trust, which is taking $50 million. So there's some fixed costs that need to get paid. And there's effectively more available uh, to distribute back to creditors as the markets run up. So it's good news for everybody expecting distributions. Biden. Yeah, there's there's a couple of interesting dynamics. So, so as Cam said, I'll, if I, you know, the bankruptcy makes it look like you'll get an amazing recovery, but essentially I'll have 25% of the Bitcoin I already had that I was aiming to borrow against. Um, then you have shares in a company. And if the shares in that company outperform the portfolio that you had with Celsius prior, um, then you get a higher recovery. So essentially you're looking for uh, the, the leveraged mining um, NASDAQ listing to outperform uh, Bitcoin or whatever portfolio you had. Uh, at least you have some upside, right? I mean, and there is. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. So we, there is the possibility of 
um, a recovery if it if it outperforms. But then you've got all the litigation stuff. So there was so much things that we can um, pursue. You know, we're uh, able to pursue Majinski, other co-founders, and all those types of stuff, uh, which can actually be pretty decent. Um, and there's other, also another interesting clause: the um, the sponsors that are going to be managing, like the mining assets, the VC investments, and the e-staking. Um, it's come; they've become like a, a bit of a. There's this closed loop of people that are all like bidding on all these bankruptcies. Um, but one of them that's uh, got to what the final stages is a uh, proof group, which is running the staking for us. But they're also looking to bid on FTX. And um, we put a clause in there where any deals that um, that they do, they have to come to our new company in order to put those deals through. So we may end up, depending on where this goes, actually rolling in a chunk of the FTX stuff as well into the new public company. I don't know if it's all going to go that way, but there's there's all these interesting dynamics once you once you can get all the fraud out of the way and just figure out what these assets are. And, so, the, and, so the scenario is improving, right? So did, I think well, Celsius at least is risk. benefiting. Yeah. <laughs> you could lose yeah. it all still. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we all know it's a uh, it's a topic that I'm uh, following closely. And I've talked about it a million times, but Celsius in 2020 was one of my first sponsors for three months on on my podcast. And stop! I, I got, stop! Yeah. God, yeah. Stop! Stop! It's over. It's done. It's it's not. Be, you're good. You're good. You're you safe. Have you gone? No, I actually. It's funny because I there. You know, there's been talk, obviously, of clawbacks and all these things. But I've proactively been talking to Simon and uh, and Cam, even though there's no legal obligation to do so. But uh, about uh, trying to you know return anything that I did make, which was not much, and and make sure that that does happen as part of that. Yeah, Scott uh, volunteered to give the the funds back even though he doesn't have to um and if anyone else wants to follow the lead then um i think uh, scott is showing the way because those funds will uh, go back to creditors so thank you scott it's not like i have them anyways they went right to voyager <laughs> but yeah doing well, my best the, the tragic truth is they'll go to the lawyers but uh but hopefully that well, so right early in the, <laughs> that was the problem earlier in the process when uh, you guys weren't necessarily in place we reached out to some people and it was basically like anything that you return is just going to go to a legal fee and never make it to anyone we literally tried to find people uh, that had directly signed up I didn't have an affiliate fee I literally didn't make affiliate income there nothing like that we couldn't find a single person that even signed up and was still there in 2022 and it actually collapsed because it was so early but uh, yeah my fear was always that whatever money anyone gives back to try to help is just going to end up going to the lawyers. I just went through that, right? So um, hopefully this could actually get to people uh, when people start getting clawbacked or, or volunteering some of their funds. One of, the, one of the crazy things, too, is that Voyager wound up using Celsius to provide them part of their yield. Yep. And yeah, they withdrew $100 million on, I think, March 9th. <laughs> so they wound up clearing out their Celsius earn account. Uh, um, not everybody was as lucky as them. And even even funnier, um, Voyager and Celsius both use Kirkland and Ellis as the law firm. And um, Celsius had a claim in Voyager um, and missed the bar date in order to file that claim, even though it was Kirkland and Ellis's left hand passing to Kirkland and Ellis's right hand. Uh, they still managed to actually miss the date. So Voyager benefits, uh, Voyager creditors benefited from Celsius creditors. On right. And, and, and we're all, even as Voyager creditors are still waiting. If everyone wants to know how incestuous this is, we're still waiting for claims that have to do with Alameda, FTX and Free Arrows Capital. And was right. any of your stuff paid off with client money? <laughs> the, the, uh, we found that yeah. out in the SBF case. Yeah. I mean, Voyager was just such a, it's an epic shit show. But, uh, you know, listen, I, I cheer hard. I hope that uh, Anthropic goes to a gajillion dollars in FTX creditors made are made completely whole and somehow that helps everyone else. I, I think it feels like actually, even though with all the bankruptcy and the lawyer's fees and stuff, there are scenarios here where just by the fact that it took so long, people get a hell of a lot more money back. So I think we'll all cheer for that. Yes, Scott, that, that is actually true. We have been, in, well, incredibly lucky, or uh, maybe it was planned out to take all those legal fees, but we've certainly made more than it um, up in the money we will save as a, role, as a result of exiting 
during this market if, if things change the same. So that, that is a real silver lining. Yeah, I mean, I remember Voyager, like people were screaming to the committee, I think Bitcoin was 25 or 26, just liquidate now. And then they ended up selling it all at 18 or 19 when it dropped from theirs. <laughs> it's just everything at the dead bottom, you know, but what, what can you do? Hopefully, uh, like I said, in the other claims that Voyager has, maybe that'll be made whole. Mario, anything else in the news you're uh, dying here to talk about? We beat Ethereum up for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really disappointed. No one's talking about gaming as much as I'd like, but obviously I'm the only one geeking out on what uh, time. I did Bitcoin. say earlier, Luvium is now one of my biggest holdings when you guys called me a boomer that was boring at the uh, nursing home. That's obviously benefiting from the gaming move. No, man, like it, what Simon considers it a shit coin. You should probably sell it. Hey, listen, I, the shit coins get you more Bitcoin. Listen, we're not that, <laughs> no. But, <laughs> cool. Now I think this is it. We'll see everyone on Monday, I guess. If the market, but it's got if the market uh, you dump or, or or pump during the weekend, let's say let's make a rule. If they pump or dump by more than ten percent, Bitcoin goes up or down more than ten percent in we one day show? on the weekend. We do a show. One of us has to do a show. Probably gonna be me. All right, Perfect. cool. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. The reason I agreed is because you know I'm not showing up, and now you have to do a show. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly because you got kids. That's the excuse you use. I'm yes. just gonna get oh, it. I'm yes. gonna. I'm kids, gonna. I'm kids, gonna. Kids I'm kids gonna get a good it. excuse. It's not. That's I'm not gonna, called an excuse. I'm gonna get a kid just so I can start skipping shows more often. Anyway, then, then I'll, again, I'll, I'll skipping, lend you, I'll lend I'm you skipping, one any weekend. <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone.